It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We are off to Indianapolis tomorrow to sit down with a star-studded guest list on Tuesday and Wednesday. But in the here and now, uh, speaking of star-studded, it is time for Not My Beat. Today's top story from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not My Beat. That's right, the star of stars on this show, Michael Phillips, MP on the mic, 910 The Fan, down in Richmond. Michael, we've had so many vacations and moving parts and things. I don't even remember the last time I talked to you. It's uh, It's been a minute here, uh, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, I think that that just means we have so much more ground to cover, so much more to discuss, so much more fun to have. So what do you think about them hiring Dan Quint? No, I'm just kidding. We, that's that's <laughs> We, that's too far back in the rewind. You know machine. what? We are still litigating Sam Howell, though. I mean, the more things change. Ooh, yeah, well, I don't know if I'm touching that one today. I, th- <laughs> I do think it is interesting. I, here's how I will touch this today. I will let you respond, and then we'll get into the substance of what I would like to talk about on more pressing news. But it does feel like th- that like random aggregator blog account no one has heard of. And I don't say that to be demeaning to actual people who do work. I mean literally someone who is making something up out of nowhere – Tweets a thing, heard reports, saw reports, not I have heard actual information, not I know anything, not I know anyone, just Jeff on the block says that teams are interested in Sam Howell. They put that, people start to retweet it, enough people retweet it that it gets in the hands of like actual media folks who then comment on it. And then it becomes a story that literally got created out of nowhere. And, like, the Sam Howell thing feels like that. I never saw the original report. Was there anyone who actually does reporting that reported this? Nobody does reporting anymore. Um, we, the media, um, need to do a better job of not falling for the, the, the blue check mark brigade because uh, they're, they're, they're very organized, very good at what they do. Um, I, what bothers me more with Sam Howell is the people who are saying give him another year like draft an offensive lineman and build around him. Like I, I've seen enough to render a verdict here. I don't think that makes me some sort of like crazy, you know, like guy who gives up on players too early. Like you got a chance to get a quarterback at number two, get a quarterback at number two. Yeah. Or fall in love with JJ McCarthy. Uh, absolutely wreck the Falcons uh, with, with a fake trade that I saw on Twitter this weekend that somebody made up that was completely and totally fair and not biased at all towards the commanders. And then, uh, and then, and then take him. Uh, and also get their first-round pick next year and and stuff. Uh, all right, Michael, here's what I actually want to talk about. Um, the salary cap comes out late in the week last week. It is the biggest single-year over-year increase in the history of the league, 13.6%. The cap is now $255.4 million. The commanders have more cap space than anyone else. That is still true, uh, but now other teams obviously have, have different levels of cap space than maybe they thought because of that monumental and historic increase how does this affect the commanders the fact that this increase was so large in a year where they hold the most space yeah my initial gut was negatively right more people have space more people have room to spend contracts go up you i mean when the nba did this and made the big one-year leap it led to arguably some of the worst contracts in american sports over the past couple decades uh you know i don't think that's going to happen here but it, it is very clear the cost of doing business here in this year's free agency is going up. You've got teams who, when given any amount of cap space, are going to use it and use it right now to make their team better. There is no next year. Uh, my, my thought on reflecting on that is 
maybe good. Um, maybe good in the sense that I don't think these guys are playing for next year's Super Bowl. I don't think these guys are playing to load up their team for next year. Uh, it's possible uh, Adam Peters wants to sit on the sideline for another year and, and let that cap space roll over, which he's allowed to do. Uh, and, you know, things stabilize next year. Teams have spent themselves into a hole. Uh, I don't know that, you know, it necessarily means you'll be better off next year. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know that it was ever a given that they were going to spend their whole $85 million or whatever it was in this year's cycle. I, I think it's it's always been a possibility these guys are working off of a two- or a three-year time period to spend that money. So let's play that game for a second. Let's say Peters is like, let's pocket this. They do have to hit the salary floor, so they have to spend yeah. uh, some of this, uh, in fact, a lot of it. But, like, what does that look like compared to an aggressive free agency uh, spring and offseason for the commanders? Yeah, right. You, you've got to shore up both in-house and, and out-of-house. Um, so uh, you, you probably circle Cam Curl as maybe being – your top in-house priority, depending on, you know, I, I guess, you know, with the raise, you could maybe open up the discussion of whether or not, uh, you know, the, the tag is, is worthwhile for him or a potential road to go down. Uh, I don't think they're going to do it, but it, it, it's a possibility for sure in a world where everybody's going to make more money than you thought they were. Uh, like, let's just go, all, like, crank, crank the dial all the way up, like Chris Jones. Like, you know, could, you, know it, you could be the Chris Jones winner. Um, you've got enough money to do that. I think you've got a compelling enough case to make. He could be a star here. It's a defense on the rise under Dan Quinn. Uh, I think there's a compelling case to be made that if you wanted him, you could get him, right, going after a player like that. The The problem for me is if I'm spending free agent money, I'd, I'd really like to spend it on an offensive lineman, and I don't. you can correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't know that there's you know, a, a sure thing can't miss guy out there who you'd want to spend that money on. So you talk about, taking care of your Kendall Fullers and taking care of your in-house guys, your Cam Curls, your Kendall Fullers, uh, you know, and kind of kicking that, hitting the floor, kicking that can down the road a little bit would be, uh, would, would be my instinct. But that comes from a guy who says, hey, you know, what do you need on offense? You need a, an offensive line and a tight end. And I just don't know that this is the market to go find those things in. Yeah, no, there is a bit of a mismatch there. There are a couple guys that I think are interesting, but like no, no surefire stars. Like I actually don't know how much, the tackles on the market are an upgrade over Leno and Wiley, for instance. Um, yeah. I do think there's a couple of guards. Oh, I mean, upgrading at left guard is basically uh, impossible not to do, considering the level of play uh, <laughs> there. I'll do respect. Um, but it is the kind of thing where, like, could you go out and find a left guard? Sure. Um, but I don't think you're breaking the bank. And it's so it becomes this weird year where you wonder, do they spend a lot of money on a piece that could make a rookie quarterback's life easier? Like, I don't know, Michael, a star running back. Do you have any interest in Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, or Josh Jacobs? If, if I've got interest in any of them, it is Derrick Henry for me. And I do think Saquon's a really good back, by the way. I'm, I'm not opposed to that, but I, I think Saquon's probably going to get silly money from somebody and, no matter how much money I have to spend, I'm not in the business of paying silly money for a running back long-term. I think Henry's probably going to be the better of the two deals. And I just, I love a guy who can get a tough yard. Like I, he's proven himself durable, proven himself in short yardage. I just, I hate how bad this team was at third and two at short yardage situations. He's a guy who, who can take you a long way towards immediately fixing that. I, you know, I, I'm not I'm not going to close the door on it. Uh, I know a lot of people just close the door, period, on paying any running back ever. 
Um, I'll I keep the door cracked open. If I can get a deal I like, and, and, and certainly a shorter-term deal that I like, one or two years, uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, if you can get a, a stud, like, professional running back who – and you're not paying a quarterback, and your your goal is to make that guy's life easier, and you have to spend some money, I think there are worse ways to do it, um, understanding that you're not doing it because it's a luxury and you're trying to win the Super Bowl. You're trying to develop a young quarterback, and that can make that guy's life easier. However, Michael Phillips, who is our guest, of course, uh, host of MP on the mic on 910 The Fan in Richmond. Um, however, Michael Phillips, there is an, an alternate path at quarterback, and I'm not going to say keeping Sam Howell. I'm going to say spending money on a guy like Kirk Cousins. And I realize that is a loaded thing to say in this market because of the past there. But do you have any interest in going the veteran QB route, whether that is a short or long-term investment? Yeah, here's why I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that. Kirk isn't coming here. Um, (laughs) I just don't think that's something he would enter. I I don't even think it has anything to do with how he was treated during his years here. I, I think he likes it living up near home. Um, I think he likes the idea of winning a Super Bowl before he's done. Uh, I, I think he wants an immediate payoff, immediate gratification team or a team that can win in the next few years. And this isn't that team and this isn't that coaching staff. And, and I just don't think this is the place for him when it's all said and done. Um, I, I, sure. I love Jacoby Brissett this year, you know, a guy like that. If you want to, if you want to bring in a veteran like that to, to smooth the path, for, for your rookie if you if you go down that road. Um, I am a big believer. This is a drum I've been beating for a while on my show. If you draft a quarterback in the first round, I don't want him starting week one. Even if you go get Caleb Williams, I don't want him starting week one. I just don't trust this offensive line for 17 games. I, I don't think it's good for him in a year where you're not, you're not going to be the Texans. You're not going to be C.J. Stroud and set the world on fire. It, it's far more likely you're going to be an incremental step forward. You're going to be a team that looks better, but still not complete. Uh, I like the idea of limiting the amount of exposure my new guy gets to that. Um, so in, in terms of signing a quarterback to play those first few weeks or even interesting Sam Howell to do it, I actually don't have a problem with that at all. So I can hear the fans saying now, but Michael, the Texans were supposed to be terrible. How do you know? Why do you? Why are you entering the the spring with that as your mantra? I don't think it's unreasonable, but it is worth pointing out. Counterpoint: the Texans were supposed to suck, and they made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. and and it gave the whole team a, a a boost of life for sure. They they had a coaching change that was you know that they provided energy to the organization. I don't know that that this coaching change is necessarily a like. Let's let's put everything into hyperdrive right now. It feels much more of like we're going to be competent adults in the room. Um, we're going to grow this thing and grow this thing organically and well. That that's obviously been Josh Harris and Adam Peters. They're very much on the same page. You know, we'd love to do it as quickly as possible, but we want to do it in a long-term, sustainable way. And none of that is to suggest the Texans aren't doing it in a long-term, sustainable way. Um, but I, I, looking at your opening day roster next year, I, I don't know that you can say this is a team that can contend right now. I think we're probably more likely going to say this is a team that can take a step forward and they're still one year away. Probably. Um, and the way that they're going to jump that line, if you will, is if they accidentally draft CJ Stroud, um, you know, yeah. Stroud was had the best rookie year ever of any quarterback. Uh, like he was a legitimate MVP candidate. So if they go out and draft Jaden or Drake or Caleb and those dudes wind up being that dude, 
uh, then then so be it. All right, NFL Combine Week, Michael. Is there anybody in particular, any buddies, any any position group, any anything that you are particularly looking forward to, uh, whether it's information or workouts coming out of Indianapolis? Yeah, you know, this, this is kind of the time when I start diving into the trenches, right? I, I, I'm a casual college football fan, probably same as a lot of people, and certainly versed enough to have an opinion on the quarterbacks, have an opinion on Marvin Harrison Jr., all the things you need to do, you know, to, to be a knowledgeable fan. Uh, this is the week where I start really looking at, at the trenches, and I think it's a huge dilemma of who you go with with that second pick you've got kind of started day two. Do you take an offensive lineman, you know, a, a guy who you know, the best ones are going to be gone by then, but a guy who can develop into a long-term starter? Or do you go with an edge rusher? Because, you know, with respect to K.J. Henry, there's not a lot there. Uh, you got K.J. Henry and some spare parts right now, and that's a really, really important thing for a football team to have in the year 2024, Craig Hoffman, uh, you know, I, to me, it's that great push and pull. Is there a guy I really like at either of those spots? Because uh, that that's absolutely the, the two places I'm looking once the quarterback debate gets settled here. Right. No, I, I agree with you. And we did our first mock draft a couple weeks ago on take command. And, you know, we have uh, Logan is in love with Darius Robinson. He's like, that is the new commander's football player, the edge from Missouri. Um, so he could certainly be in play there. There's a ton of offensive linemen. of, And I, I think the thing that's interesting about kind of those two picks at the top of the second round for Washington is there's going to be options for them, and we're going to learn a lot about how this team thinks about personnel and kind of who they want to be, I think, based off of that because there's going to be a lot of players that are at the positions they need and are kind of equal evaluations but different flavors. And depending on which flavors they pick, I think will tell us a lot more about – both these offensive and defensive schemes that right now, Michael, feel very mysterious. It does not feel like they have a plan. <laughs> yeah, you know, to, to kind of riff off of that, that Kurt, Kurt Warner had his tweets this weekend where he said, look, it's really hard for me to evaluate these quarterbacks because they're just, they're not asked to do NFL things. They're not asked to, to run NFL routes and concepts and, and make NFL throws. Uh, you know, we'll save that for another day. But boy, multiply that by five on the offensive line. It, the offensive lines in college, just don't resemble NFL offensive lines at all anymore. It's really jarring. And that's why I think a week like this can be so valuable to see them in NFL style drills in NFL style measurements. Cause for, for all the advancement in the world of scouting and the world of, you know, tape and, and breaking down guys and PFF and all that, at the end of the day, you're probably taking somebody who hasn't done a lot of things you're going to ask him to do on the football field, which by the way, makes JJ McCarthy fascinating. Because there's yeah. not a lot of throws for that guy on film, but there's a lot of NFL throws for that guy on film. And he does pretty well with them. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, he, to me, is the most interesting guy of the whole week. Like, Bo Nix had a chance, I think, at the Senior Bowl to solidify himself as QB4. If he went out and he just tore up the Senior Bowl and proved, like, yo, this Penix guy's all right, but, like, I'm on a totally different level. My interviews went great. And he didn't. He had a slow start to the week. He played all right. Um, by the end of it, but he, he just didn't rip apart the week in the way that I think a lot of people thought he was capable of. And now that's left the door open because Panix didn't have that great of a week either. For McCarthy to go in the combine, measure in 10 pounds heavier than he played at Michigan to alleviate some of the size concerns, run a 4-5, and just rip footballs all over the field in the throwing drills, and all of a sudden that dude's going to be QB4 by the time, you know, if we talk uh, a Monday from now, I think I think he's going to be QB4 on most people's list. Yeah, and that, that's a great point for the trade-down crowd. Everybody, you know, trade down and, and get your guy. 
there's never a guarantee when you trade down that you're going to get your guy. All it takes is one team to fall and do something unexpected. There's always something unexpected on draft night, right? But the guy you want is off the board all of a sudden, and you make a panic pick, and you pick Josh Doxson. Sorry, wait, I was, I was having a flashback. Oh, why did you uh, but, do that to us? That was rude. <laughs> rude. But, you know, how, how far down can you go and still be assured of getting McCarthy? I think the answer is going to be a lot crazier of a number than you think it is. I will, at this point, if you gave me over under three and a half quarterbacks in the top 10, I would tell you over. I think that McCarthy winds up in the top 10. Uh, but Well, uh, it, it, as, a, as a lover of storylines and underutilized Michigan quarterback finally getting his due in the NFL, <laughs> I, somebody will find a way to work with that. Yeah, probably. All right, last thing for Michael Phillips, uh, former newspaper writer, current radio host, uh, 910 The Fan in Richmond. Michael, in your long and illustrious uh, radio career, have you ever had a player call in to discuss his contract status like A.J. Brown called into WIP in Philadelphia? WIP gets all the best calls. Remember earlier this year they had the uh, the guy, the police officer who, was, who called in to give an Eagles take yes. while pulling somebody over? They, look, I, What if that person was listening, by the way? What if that person is like, <laughs> oh, son of a, that guy's... That guy's coming to get me. <laughs> There's um, Richmond's a great market. DC is a great market, but there is something completely unreplicatable about that Philly market. That's for sure. Who of the players that we have covered together? So I'm going to go since 2015 is the most likely commander slash Washington football player of the past to have done what AJ Brown did. I think there is a correct answer. Is it DJ Swearinger? Oh, that's a great call. I was thinking it was Jano. Yeah, well, you, we're we're in the same ballpark. We're certainly, uh, yeah, we're we're, we're we're definitely picking from the cutting from the same cloth there for sure. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah, that, that absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, glad we're on the same page. All right. That's Michael Phillips, everybody. <laughs> uh, we're also on the same radio app. You can listen to his show anytime, anywhere on the free Odyssey app on demand. Uh, also, of course, search for his podcast in your podcast feed, the podcast of his radio show, which is again, MP on the mic every single day on nine ten. the fan in Richmond, Miguel, muchos gracias. Uh, and we'll see, We'll see how much news happens over this week in Indian if we talk again next Monday or if we, uh, you know, give it a couple of weeks and let some news I'll, build uh, up in the backlog. I'll be up in D.C. in a couple of weeks. We're doing our show live from the ACC basketball tournament. Oh, you know, nice. that's a big deal for us down here. So, yeah. if nothing else, hope to see you in person. So. Yeah, no, we'll we'll uh, we'll coordinate. We'll have your people call my people, a.k.a. we'll text. All right, thanks, Michael. <laughs> Take care. That is Michael Phillips with us here on the Hoffman Show. When we get back, let's circle back to the kind of the middle part of that discussion, and let's do it with you on the phones at 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980. If you can kind of go off the board with some of this commander's cap space, and you could spend it on a running back, you could spend it on a quarterback, would you would you consider that? And which of the players, the Kirk Cousins, the other veteran quarterbacks that are available or the big three running backs that are all now going to free agency, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, and Derrick Henry. Do you want Washington to pursue any of them? Take your calls on that next. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Halfway through the show on a Monday, uh, let's reset this. Uh, we are t- coming at you live from our DC studios today, but headed to Indianapolis for Radio Row 
tomorrow and Wednesday. Doc is in short show. Lady Terps uh, start at 5:45 on Thursday, and then back in the saddle on Friday with a bunch of stuff that we'll tape on Thursday before we head out from Indianapolis, including uh, Nate Tice, Tom Pelissero uh, on the Friday show, Mike Tannenbaum also on Friday, former NFL executive. Uh, Wednesday, amazing show. Uh, Ian Rappaport, Charles Davis, Lance Zerline, J.I. Halsell, all live on set in Indianapolis. And then tomorrow, uh, we got all kinds of great guests as well. And this time slot sitting across from me, which this is so weird when you travel, Vic. Uh, when you when you go uh, and, and all of a sudden you're sitting here at 5.30 on a Monday in your usual office chair in Washington, D.C., and you go, tomorrow I will be sitting at a table in Indianapolis on Radio Row surrounded by a bunch of other football nerds, and I'll be talking to ESPN's Matt Miller. That's that's when you're reminded that air travel is very cool. Uh, so tomorrow, this time, 24 hours from now, Matt Miller from ESPN, his draft colleague Jordan Reed will also join us at a different point in the show. A couple of other great guests lined up as well. So make sure you're locked in for as much as you can uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. And if you miss any part of it, that is why the podcast is so valuable. So make sure you check that out wherever you get your pods. Right now, though, taking some calls and, and dishing some opinions on the commanders and uh, the free agent market, which is now, according to multiple reports, going to be pretty running back heavy. Um, we saw T. Higgins get the tag in Cincinnati on the wide receiver side of it, but for running backs, no tag for Saquon Barkley, no tag for Josh Jacobs, no tag for Derrick Henry. All three of those premier running backs will become free agents. And my initial thought is no way would I go and spend any kind of significant money on any of those three players. And then I thought about it a little bit more, and this is where I would like to, uh, you know, throw out what I'm thinking and then get your feedback on it at 301-230-0980. That's how this whole radio shenanigan wor- or shenanigans works. Um, Washington is going to likely draft a quarterback at number two overall. Their roster has significant holes in it. There are some positions where I think those holes can be filled very well in free agency. There are a couple of tackles and guards that I'm interested in. There are a couple of safeties that I'm interested in, one of whom is Cam Curl, but there's other guys that I think I like better and would prefer to just spend a little bit of extra money on someone else that are long-term building blocks. This guy's going to be here when this team is competing hopefully three years from now, for a championship. That is the goal, right? You nail this quarterback pick. By year three, he's, like, ready to rumble. You got dudes all over the field. You know, Quan is developed. Forbes is developed. You've drafted a couple of other classes worth of guys. Like, all this stuff comes together, and boom, you hit the ground running. But I think, in the meantime, you want to make sure that you build an environment that incubates that quarterback, where they know that they've got something they can rely on. And if I am a young quarterback and 20 times a game, I can turn around and I can go, Derrick Henry, here's the football. That makes me feel good inside. And that is going to make my job easier. We're going to be on schedule more. 
Um, it's also going to make my line better. It's probably going to entice my play caller and Cliff Kingsbury to run the ball a little bit more uh, than he otherwise might and protect me. And look, I like Brian Robinson a lot, but it's running back in the NFL. And if you can get more, that's great. Let's let's get more. Chris Rodriguez, I like a lot as well. Um, there's There's definitely things to like, and I think if I was trying to build like a well-rounded team, a scat-back third-down type is probably the better fit. Ironically, Antonio Gibson's probably on his way out the door and could in some ways fill that as a former college receiver, as you all know. But would Derrick Henry be appealing? Sure. Would, as a downhill runner in kind of a gap scheme system that Cliff used to run in Arizona, like James Conner style, yeah, that Derrick Henry's appealing. Um, is Josh Jacobs appealing in that same system? Yeah. Is Saquon appealing? Because Saquon's one of the freakiest football players, like best just overall. What's your position? Football player, sir. Um, guys that you could have in the league as, a, as an outlet out of the backfield, as a guy who can hit you home runs from anywhere? Yeah, like I'm interested. I think I agree with Phillips. Uh, you know, he made a good point when he was just on with us that Saquon, because of his age and because of his style, probably requires a little bit more of a long-term commitment. But if you can pay a lot of money for one or maybe even two years worth of any of these guys, and you can get away with that contract, the shorter, fatter contract that doesn't tie you up long-term, I can't say I'm not interested in the name of giving the quarterback uh, a binky, a blankie, a big, giant, 220-pound NFL running back that can smash people's faces and make his job easier. What say you? 301-230-0980. And, of course, uh, if you want to have any other position that you think is worth spending money on, by all means, hit us. Uh, let's start off with the JYD Junkyard Dog with us here on the Hoffman Show. JYD, what up, man? How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Appreciate your call. What you got on this uh, this free agency situation for us? Well, free agency, I would, I would, I, I wouldn't spend any money on on Derrick Henry. I, I just don't like thirty year old quarterbacks who are soon to be thirty one. And I, I and uh, so the only the only running back that I would be interested in would be Jacobs. Yeah, I, no, I, I think I think, I think, I think he's actually the, in some ways the most interesting of the bunch. Saquon's had all these injury issues. Jacobs gives you the downhill banger that Henry is, but in a much younger body. And a guy who's kind of, I think, been underutilized. I mean, he had a one big heavy carry season, but last year I don't even think he accumulated that many carries. But I mean, I mean if I had if I had if I had to do that, I, I would go after after Jacobs. But if I if 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 I if I'm if I'm if I'm in hierarchy of, of, of a team I would be saying to myself, if I actually need a running back, why not Why not get one from the draft? Well, of course that's an option, right? And this is kind of, you know, the, this draft class, and JYD, appreciate your call as always, like this draft class is kind of a weird one at running back. I'd say a lot of folks nationally are doubt on it. Logan and I actually spent a little time on this on Take Command that we recorded today. Uh, it'll be out first thing tomorrow in your podcast feeds. But like this is a draft that doesn't have the Bijan. It doesn't have the Saquon. It doesn't have a top stud running back. 
but it's got a kind of a running back third round range any any kind that you like it's got the bruisers it's got the whatever but like if you're or the scat backs the third down guys but if you are trying to incubate a young quarterback what is going to give that quarterback more confidence a fellow rookie or a dude who's had 2000 yard seasons in the league and that's i think the appeal of potentially spending some money because at the end of the day, like this this free agent class, especially if Brian Burns gets tagged, there's just not a lot like you of course you can spend money. You can bring back Cam Curl and I would almost do it on the tag. Like I'm not I, I don't know that I want to commit to him long term until I see him in this defense. Now, does it raise the price for him next year? Potentially, but it doesn't commit you long term. You know, we talk about bringing Kendall Fuller back. Like what does that mean? Back to is there some like is there some benefits of incumbency in terms of they've played together before and there's there's communication that has happened and you know he's a, a good vet who knows some of these guys sure but it's a new system so like I would I would score more points for an incumbency if there's somebody like Stephon Gilmore coming out of Dallas who played for Quinn and Witt last year he's almost more valuable to me than Kendall Fuller in terms of incumbency in terms of uh, continuity because the continuity of players playing together who have played together before, if they're in a completely new system and environment is kind of wiped away. And so what are we actually talking about when they have a league leading amount of cap space? Uh, what are they actually going to spend it on? And that, that to me is where this gets super interesting. Like what exactly do you want the commanders to spend on? And I think that there is something to the logic of nothing. That's a long-term commitment. And at that point you can afford some luxuries like a veteran running back if they're willing to take your money for a year and know that they're probably going to be a part of a, a not as good team. Um, as opposed to a guy, if Derrick Henry's like, you want to know what? I could get 18 million in Washington on a one year deal and eat up a bunch of their cap space, which is actually helps them reach the salary floor and know I'm a part of a rebuilding project and see how, where we stand in a year. Or I can take 3 million and go to uh, Kansas city I know I'm going to compete for a Super Bowl. What's it worth to you? And I think that's that's the question that some of these running backs might have to ask. Uh, let's go to JT in D.C. JT, thanks for calling. You're on the Hoffman Show. Hey, how you doing, man? Doing well. What you got for us on free agency? Free agency, uh, just like the previous call, I, I would not. I, mean, I like everything that you're saying. It, it sounds good, but I, I would not touch any of those running backs. But I will go after uh, Patrick Queen uh, Hart um, at the LB position from Baltimore. Sure, I think they'll end up franchise. I think they'll end up franchising uh, Matabuke. Uh, so I think he he should be uh, fair game. I also would go after Bryce Huff from the Jets. And uh, the last guy just man dropped off the tip, tip of my tongue. Um, damn, happens to the best of us. Oh, they. Jay, Jay, Jalen Johnson from uh, the yeah. corner from Chicago. Yeah, uh, no, the DB there. Yeah, no, he's he's a good player. Um, appreciate the call, man. That's a, that's a good list. And and here's what I would say to JT and to anybody else who's got a list like that. If you hit those, those are guys that are long-term investments. Those are guys that you're spending money on because you're going in three years when we want to compete for a championship. They're going to be integral parts. And a guy like Queen is a culture setter. I don't dislike that. Um, I do wonder 
is he a signal caller type? I feel like Roquan was the – I got to check. Um, I don't want to speak out of turn. But, like, if, is he a green dot guy? Because you've got Jamin Davis, at least for this year, not that that should necessarily stop you unless you think Jamin's uh, – unless you think Jamin's a huge part of your future. But Queen's a culture setter, changes your defense instantly. Um, he also has played in a 3-4. So what is he as a 4-3 Mike linebacker? Like, that is a different position, different ask, different needs. But I don't, I don't hate that idea. Jalen Johnson, like, does he fit your scheme? Does he fit what you want to do? Like, these are the questions that they've got to answer. Um, but there there are good players available, I guess, is, is ultimately, like, the point here. There are good players available. The question is, how do they fit in what Washington wants to do? And knowing that what Washington wants to do is, of course, win football games, but is also establish a culture and establish a way of playing and establish – um, a, a, an environment that can breed young players into the best that they can be in the long term. We'll talk more about some of those young players, by the way, coming up in the 6 o'clock hour with Eric Edholm from NFL Media. They're longtime, or their draft analysts, longtime Yahoo sports writers, made the flip a couple years ago to NFL.com. Uh, also, you'll hear some of Logan and I's takes on whether or not the combine is kind of losing its luster and what that means is some of the top guys have started to uh, announce that they are not participating. So a little take command preview for you coming up in the 6 o'clock hour as well. More of your calls next, though, 301-230-0980 on The Hoffman Show. It's The Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app, streaming live on YouTube at the team 980 you missed any part of the show you can always check the podcast just search the Hoffman show in your favorite podcast app which of course is the free odyssey app but just in case you use a different one we are there too oh there it is Vic there it is the beeping I, I can hear it yeah there's nothing I can do about it where's that even coming from it's there's a computer down here and I don't know what it is <laughs> and we've asked asked to get it but because it happens so sporadically like they don't really know what it is wow hopefully so, no one can hear it on the radio oh no they can definitely hear it. okay there's not intermittent cussing happening in the background it's just <laughs> sometimes there's beeping that happens and it'll go away in like at this point probably about seven eight seconds i'm I guessing hope, i hope so yeah um but i just i'm at this point you know i was talking it's it's like if you have a lot of kids and one of them is screaming um, I was talking to my, my buddy, Chris, uh, a couple, this is like a year ago and he's got four kids and Chris, Chris was telling me about fatherhood and he's just like, uh, look, when you, when you have your first kid, anytime they move, you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. The second one, like, you know what to expect more so. Oh, see, there goes the beeping. Ah, thank you. Yeah. We're done. We're done. Uh, so the second kid, it's like, Oh, gotta watch it. Okay. We're good. The third kid, you're like. Eh, you're fine. And the fourth kid, you're like, someone's screaming? And that's, I'm now at fourth kid status with this beeping. Is it random times or is it always at a set time? No, that's the funny bit. For a while, it was like the first, like we'd get on the air and it would start. And I'd be like, really at 4.02? But it's it's moved around a little bit. Maybe you, uh, the rooster might have planted a device in there. We don't know Ooh. about. He might have tried. He might be trying to sabotage. Is the rooster up to no good? Yeah, we have to again, do some investigation on that. Again, 
I just would like engineering to be like, oh, I know what that beeping is, and then fix it. But we can't seem to figure it out. There's an engineer right there across the hall. I, I, can, I see him. Yeah, see we him. should. And in the break, can we uh, – because sometimes I forget to tell them things. So I say that I've told them. I definitely have told them at some point, but probably not recently. So uh, can we – let's, Vic, between the two of us, remember in the commercial break to uh, yeah, I'm trying pop on to- over. Air traffic control them over well, see, to the but studio. I need you. I need you to. I need you for the rest of the segment. So. Oh, all right. Yeah, because um, you had you had some. I was talking to you in the break, and you had some good thoughts on uh, how Washington could potentially handle this. Uh, this whole, we got a lot of money situation. Yeah, the, I actually liked your running back thought. Uh, yeah, I was initially thinking about Saquon Barkley, but then as I'm going through all the free agent lists, how about a good cheaper option, and it's staying in the NFC East and Tony Pollard. I don't I, hate it. I mean, that guy, I think that guy is very underrated in terms of being a running back, and he's a great pass-catching running back, too. I, it, I think the idea of getting, so like, putting Pollard back where he was when he was with Zeke, like, prime Zeke and young Tony Pollard, like, yes, Tony Pollard proved last year not a pro, or I just think he proved he was a number one back. I don't think he's a premier number one back. You put him in a rotation with Brian Robinson, now we're cooking. I think he would be a better than Antonio Gibson. I agree. Yeah, no, I would I would say that he is a better speed, like out of the backfield back than AG. And I like AG, but I think if you if he's your third down, and he's more than a third down back, right? Like you can play him on first and second down, but like in that role of your pass catch, your JD McKissick plus, your Antonio Gibson plus, your Chris Thompson back in the day plus, your better version of all those guys. Who, by the way, if you need to start, like you're you're not in a bad situation, but you can split carries with Chris Rodriguez. Like, I think that's a great pickup for much less money. But I I do think like the idea of spending on a running back, and like in a way you're zigging when everyone else zags. You can you can take advantage of a bit of a market inefficiency. And it, I would say also, Vic, did you see Pollard on McAfee's show at the Super Bowl? Uh, no, and I watched a lot of I watched a lot of his shows, but I did not see that. So Pollard, it had been at that point, what, like a week and a half, a week since Quinn got hired? Uh-huh. Pollard didn't know. Really? He, like, I don't know whether he was on vacation, but he, like, doesn't have social media. So it would be hilarious if Tony Pollard <laughs> wound up playing for Dan Quinn in Washington after not knowing he had the job and was leaving Dallas for, like, a week after Dan Quinn had left Dallas. Well, if he ever joins the Commanders, hopefully he'll know. Yeah. Hey, buddy, did you know that uh, that Dan Quinn's the head coach here? He was the guy that coached defense in the last place you were. Yeah. And so that guy, that guy, that it's guy. Joe Witt. He was also there in Dallas with you, and now he's here. <laughs> That'd be a funny bit. Yeah. That would be good. All right. Uh, I like that idea. I like that idea. I like that more than any of the veteran. Like, I think they should sign, whether it's, I don't think Jacoby's going to want to come back. Like, I think Brissett's going to want to go somewhere that he feels like he can start. And maybe, you know, Cliff and them are like, look, we're going to draft a kid. This kid's going to replace you eventually. But unlike last year when you were told you're going to have a chance to win the job and didn't, like, unless this kid comes into camp and is amazing, you're starting for us. And if you win football games, you're going to stay the starter for us. So... You want that? Okay, cool. Here's another $10 million of Josh Harris's money. If that's the case, I think Jacoby might be interested. But 
I am definitely curious because like him and he does know like Terry and John and throws those guys well. So like there's some power and continuity there. But I do think they need to sign a vet to be in the room. Um, we'll see who that guy is. But that I, I like that more than you know going the Cousins path or whatever. And and I do well. I think Cousins would be open to coming to Washington because it's a completely new regime and like any of the baggage is gone. I do tend to agree with Michael Phillips and what he said at the top of the hour, which is that situationally this doesn't feel like the right place for cousins unless they can make massive investments in the draft and, and in free agency and other places to prove that they're ready to win next year it's the Hoffman show we're on the team 980 we're always live as well on the free odyssey app and when we get back we will talk nfl combine get a full preview from our guy eric edholm